Hello and welcome to this MSP Extra. Now, we don't have a full episode for you this week because my co-host Jeff fell into a particle accelerator earlier this week and it's taking the guys at CERN longer to reassemble him than they thought. So today we're going to be talking about a topic MSP doesn't touch on very often and that's Taylor Swift. Now, it has to be said, I'm probably not your average Taylor Swift fan. Uh, I probably don't have that much to say about her music, but I did want to talk about her today because of the way that she is using her power, using her influence to actually help to shape the music industry of the future, especially in the way that she's working to give more power back to artists and she's using her own success as a vehicle to give those artists, artists who are doing not as well as her, giving them a much better deal. So the story came out earlier this week. Uh, the story is that uh, Swift left her former record label, uh, which is called Big Machine, and she's left it for one of the, uh, the huge conglomerate labels, Universal Music Group, also known as UMG. Now, Big Machine is a Nashville-based independent, and that's been her home for her last six albums. She's signed there when I think she was 15 years old. Now, it's not that much of a change. It's not as big a change as it seems because Big Machine was and is distributed by Universal. So the way that we access and receive Swift's music is not going to change massively. But it's the terms of that deal that I think are so interesting and worth talking about today. So before we do that, I guess we should talk a little bit about how the music industry typically structures deals with artists. So generally, uh, when you sign, you get a, a lump sum, an advance, and that's to pay for recording. The record label will uh, also help you with costs uh, for marketing, travel. A lot of the costs involved around, you know, putting an album together, putting a record together, putting singles out, making videos. But that money is essentially alone. So that means that the majority of artists that are signed by a label make no money either for themselves or for that label because music is based on trends. So when you release a record, some people are going to like it, some people aren't. So not every record that gets released turns into a Rihanna. And even amongst those artists who are quite successful, there's an even smaller percentage of them who are able to turn that success into a long-term career. So the big artists become really, really important to the label. One of those artists with a, a huge, either a huge or a really underperforming new record can make the difference between profit and loss, even for these enormous publicly listed record companies. And that means that these big stars actually have enormous power over the labels. And where Swift is a little bit different from most of her peers is that she uses that power to help other artists. So the question is, why do the labels agree to these terms? Well, now we're in this kind of digital age, it's a lot harder for record companies to operate in the kind of golden days of the industry. I mean, if you look at the kind of 1950s through to the mid to late 1990s, uh, the record labels had their own studios, they controlled producers, they of course controlled all the pressing plants. Uh, so if you wanted to print up uh, CDs or cassettes or vinyl, you had to go through the record labels. Of course, they also had teams for marketing and they had their own teams for getting your 
songs played on radio or TV or places like MTV. So the labels in that period really were your gatekeeper if you wanted a career in music. So if you wanted to be a star, you had to sign with one of these labels. Now, of course, things are a little bit different. Uh, you can upload a YouTube video and you can be turned into a star overnight. This new environment gives a lot more power to the artist. So if big artists decide that they want more than the royalty that is generally given by uh, a record label, they can actually decide to go it alone. They can do their own deals with the streaming services. They can do their own promotion. They can do their own marketing. They can do all their own styling. So labels now have to be a lot more flexible with their big stars. But most of the stars use that power, obviously, to enrich themselves. Whereas Taylor Swift, throughout her career, has used her position to help other artists. She has campaigned against Apple Music, who had a practice of offering no royalties to artists during the free trial period when you tried the service. Uh, she has also campaigned for better payments for artists from Spotify for their free ad-supported tier. It would be quite easy for an artist like her just to build those exemptions for herself. So to go that extra mile is a really admirable and quite selfless act. What's unusual about Taylor Swift's deal with Universal is that she's included a clause in her contract that actually compels the label to do something for other artists. And that is, uh, well, it's certainly the first time that I've ever heard of it. In this instance, it's to do with uh, Spotify again. Sony, Universal and Warner, the big three record companies, all took shares in Spotify a few years ago. And they pledged that they would share the profits uh, of the sale of that stock with their own artists. Swift's contract contains a clause that Universal shares money with all artists, no matter what their debt to the label. So as I said, this is an artist making use of her power and her strength, uh, especially when it comes to this kind of digital and technology dominated side of the industry, using that power to enrich other artists. So for this reason, MSP is a Taylor Swift fan. Of course, this is a technology show, so we will push it a little bit further. And we have to ask the question as well, do labels still need human artists like Taylor Swift? You know, if it's so hard to make money from human artists, you have to wonder why they bother. And we are seeing more virtual artists, especially from countries like Japan, where you have manga characters, for example, embarking on singing careers. But typically there is a human voice underneath that. Now, we already have a lot of studio tools like uh, Auto-Tune, which can treat voices and make them sound a lot more mechanical. So it isn't inconceivable that we will be able to simply bypass that approach and program the, uh, the singing and use tools like Auto-Tune to actually manufacture voices. Uh, Sony, for example, has an artificial intelligence that can compose music in uh, lots of different genres and styles and can even adopt the style of different artists. On episode 52 of MSP, we talked about the hologram technology that is allowing dead artists to literally come back from the dead and perform live. And of course, that same technology could be used to create live shows for artists who have never actually existed. 
that's the kind of future I would be betting on if I were a label. Uh, just cut out the artist completely, keep 100% of the money for yourselves and not have to worry about all of these troublesome clauses and percentages and royalties. That's about it for today's show for this MSP Extra. MSP will be back for a full episode next week. Uh, we hope that Jeff gets out of the particle accelerator without too many screws to hold him together. If you do like these shows, come and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Spotify and YouTube as well. You can stream the shows and uh, there are transcripts as well at our website, culturepop.com. I'm Matt Armitage. Thank you for listening. Thank you.